You're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk for this special edition of Boggy Talk, interrupting our our series on four challenges facing the church this year. Really to take a moment to just kind of debrief uh, where things are in our country, the church's state, and really as we uh, celebrate as a nation, the inauguration of a new president uh, tomorrow, um, there's been a lot that has happened uh, in the past four years of, of, of President Trump, uh, there's a lot that's going to happen in the next four years in a new presidency. And specifically, there's been a lot that's happened in this election cycle and then post-election. Uh, and we thought it just might be good to take a moment and just talk about some of those things, debrief a little bit. I will uh, say, too, that these are... <laughs> This could be dicey. This can be people are so opinionated. And really, we're just sharing some thoughts and opinions. Um, And you may agree. You may disagree. Uh, We're probably not going to say anything that you haven't read or heard or seen someone say, uh, because one, we're not like that smart Two, (laughs) two, It's just people have talked about this a lot. Um, So let's just dive in right now. Why did you feel compelled specifically, James? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's first acknowledge that. Barring, you know, any radical surprises, we live in a nation where tomorrow there will be a peaceful transfer of power um, with, in many ways, two different radical views of of how the nation should go. And and I think that's nothing short of, uh, you know, uh, incredible, you know, that we we for uh, close to 250 years have seen these peaceful transfers of power. and I, and I think as we have that, we do realize the fragility of that. Mm. Um, I think that's heightened right now. I think that the reason I wanted to do this today is because, um, again, not that I have any thoughts that haven't already been expressed, but there are people who listen to this, who go to our church, who who do want to hear you know us kind of talk about this. Um, and so before I do that, I just want to give the disclaimer, you know, that... Um, we don't do this on Sunday morning for a reason. We really don't because we want to pr- talk about the things that will always be true and how to engage that. We might reference some things in culture, but um, we just believe, and you said this a few weeks ago, that you know we're not escaping on Sunday morning, but we are being transformed through the word, through the worship. You know, I mean, it's all the word. The, mm-hmm. the worship is thanks to God's grace in your life. Um, you know, is centered around the word. Uh, we want to be transformed to engage the world. Uh, so I'll say that. Then I'll also say, you know, I'm going to be very transparent about my thoughts on this issue. Um, and I assume you'll, you will chime in as well. Please chime in. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to let just gonna just, like, send you go out on. there. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually want to keep my job, you know, so you, you keep talking, James. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm just a voice. I'm not the voice. Right. So I, I do think, I think I'm right mm-hmm. in how I view these things, but I also recognize in the, in a council of multitude, there is safety. And so I'm just, um, one voice. 
Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things I've, I've found myself feeling a lot recently and probably a lot of people listening to is just an exasperation and frustration with all of this because um, it's just, I just feel like everyone's playing their angle and wanting what they want. It's, it's incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think a tendency for some people and myself is almost kind of like disengaged from it because right. I'm like, I think we think, what can I do? Yeah. What can I do? And, yeah. Well, well, on some levels, there's not a lot I can do in some ways. Yeah. There, you know, I am called as a leader of, of my family. I'm called as a leader in this church and this community. And so, you know, we can't afford to disengage right. yeah. and, and to speak uh, to these matters. However, we also have to recognize that I think it is really hard right now um, for Christians, the church as a whole, to, to really divide. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it is because of many factors. The church is really struggling with how to divide faith and politics yeah, and to see not a, a separation because our faith does inform politics, mm -hmm. but you know, I just, I keep, I've said this, so I think everybody's just playing for their vote and for mm -hmm. their power. And, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, that's a very simplistic view of it, but it's just honestly how it feels. Yeah. So, and th th there's a lot of facets to this, but hopefully this will help us with how to think about this. So I, I want to go back to, you know, 2000, 15, 2016. The simpler times. <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> 2015, 2016, you know, and, and Donald Trump as a realistic candidate for the presidency started to come up. And and I'll just be honest with you. If I were a Republican, I'm an independent. If I were a Republican, I could never have voted for him in the primary. Mm. And the people who, and there was a lot of argument mostly just amongst conservatives at that point about how Trump could be our, our the candidate for the Republican party. Um, and most of the argument for him was, well, he, you know, is going to radicalize, energize the base. And so the shift we've seen take place in our country away from, you know, historic Christian values Again, those things can be debated, but let's just let's just say that for now. Uh, he can get there. And, and and so I, for two reasons, really three reasons, would never have voted for him in the primary. Um, one is his character. Um, and I'll just say today, that is who he is. Right. I mean, it's evident that yeah. his character is and not character good. does matter. Yeah, it does matter. Uh, and so I don't trust somebody with that kind of character, right. you know, who's been proved over and over. Uh Number two um, is I didn't think he would do a lot of the things that he said he would do because I thought he just wanted to be uh, president of the United States. Where regardless of what his motivation is, I do think he has done uh, some of the things that he said he was going to do. So I will give um, that. And then, you know, I think thirdly is the way that he would um polarize um, our nation further. So I just thought there were a lot better candidates in that. I mean, Rubio, um, uh, you know, Kasich, you know, I just thought there were a lot of better options for the right. Republicans to put forth. However, I recognize that a lot of people said they're not, those guys aren't going to win, you know, against Hillary. Um, and uh, I remember someone said when the, we you know when it came down to Trump and Hillary, that both parties nominated the only candidate 
who could beat the other person. Yeah. You know, that yeah. it was kind of, and, and who could also lose to the other person. Yeah. You know, and so that's why, you know, I just remember clearly hearing, and I, th- yeah. I remember my feelings watching that whole election thinking, I can't believe this is really happening. Like, yeah. that, you know, from the first oh, debate yeah. on. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, if you remember back, you probably felt yeah. the same way too. You're thinking, is this for real? This is really happening. I yeah. So, so I, so leading up to the actual election, you know, um, there was no way, and I and I'll just continue to say this that I could vote for Hillary Clinton, or you know personally that I could vote for Biden. And again, if you did like this respect, this is nuance. I'm just telling you my story um, because of several issues. You know, I mean, their views on religious liberty, their views on you know abortion, just several issues. Um, so, so I was not going to vote for either one of them. I was going to vote for. Um, I don't even remember who now, you know, something I've already getting that explains that, you know, I'd had a lot of dialogue with friends and it was ultimately like at that point, you know, and, and I do believe this to a degree, you know, is that a vote for the other candidate, unfortunately, in our system is a vote for, I mean, excuse me, a vote, no vote is a vote for the other candidate. I mean, re- really it is. And so at the end of the day, I just was like, gosh, you know, I mean, it's the lesser two evils in terms of policy. And I, I and I, I did reluctantly. I mean, I went, and voted for Donald Trump in 2016. So again, over the next four years, his character was, I mean, he was divisive, shady. Um, He did get the things done he said he would do. Uh, He was polarizing. So I was like, again, back when we come to 2020, it's like the same thing. You know, it's like, here you go. Your choices are this guy who at least his policies for whatever reason, I, I have suspicions, you know, are going to promote, you know, religious, li- protect religious liberty, protect all these things versus this person who's not going to do those things, you know. And, and, and again, I know there are other issues. I'm not a one issue voter. I know there are other issues, but it, it, it felt like those two pressing things are such a big deal that I, again, you know, voted for him. And but he didn't win. And. I think he didn't win because of who he is. Mm-hmm. And I think that our fears, if you want to use that word, for why we shouldn't have Trump as president in 20, as a presidential candidate in 2016 came true. That's why we are where we are, because Donald Trump was president. Right. I think that that's exactly right. I think his, the way he handled himself uh, and, you know, and, and I think a lot of times people would excuse uh, things because, you know, we can look past this because he's getting these things done, which we agree with. We agree with these policies. And so we can look past, and I think that was a lot of people's mentality, but a lot of people began changing that opinion because they recognized that the ends don't justify the means. Yes. He was getting some things done that they, the people liked, but at the end of the day, the way he was doing it uh, turned people yeah. away from him. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that happened in 2016 and it happened again in 2020 that, you know, Christians, uh, you know, and, and we should feel this way really in, in an election, but especially this election felt mm-hmm. backed into a corner, you mm-hmm. know, like what this is really like, I, what do we do? Right. And right. like we, so we're talking about where we are now and, you know, I, you know, granted we haven't lived, uh, you know, super long lives yet. You a lot longer than me, Justin. <laughs> so much you a lot longer than me. this patch of gray. Uh, but, um, You know, we certainly haven't lived throughout all of American history, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, I think we could safely say that there's probably not been a president who has been more polarizing of our country. Now, granted, our country has been polarized 
pretty much any given point on any given issue. However, I think we see ourselves more polarized now. And I think uh, as well that the church is more polarized. And I think in our area where mm-hmm. we live, mm-hmm. maybe people don't realize this mm-hmm. as much because mm-hmm. of geographics and, uh, you know, where we are a little isolated from, you know, larger cities. And, yeah, l- you know, little, little Trump, Matt Gates wins by a landslide. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean that condescendingly. Right. Like, yeah. yeah, it's really. Like, <laughs> so that's where we live. Yeah. yeah. I think that, you know, Christians may not realize how divided the church is as a whole right now. And we're not talking about liberal Christians and conservative Christians. We're talking about pretty much Christians across the board are Mm -hmm. very divided. And so we have to say... Where do we go from here? Right. You know, right. we can rehash what's happened. Uh, where do we go from here? Yeah. You know, we do have a president of the United States who at least is forming a cabinet or has formed a cabinet um, and has run on some promises that um, put a threat, potential threat to religious liberty, put a threat mm-hmm. to certainly any change in the protection of the lives of the unborn. Um and yet at the same time, you know, I think his views on immigration uh, reform are probably more in line with Scripture. I mean, in, in my opinion. So there are some things that I think are valuable. But I, I do, you know, as a Christian. So I, I said this the other day, personally, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the church, the faith that we're going to community and our, our tax exempt status, which economically is very beneficial for any community. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. There's more uncertainty about that, you know, and so what does that mean for my family and our livelihood and all those things? There may be a level of comfort and security that goes away, but, you know, at the same time, I think this clear moment for the church to say, this is who we are. These are the non-negotiables, even if culture goes this way, is historically time that the church shines. Right. I think you look at other countries where, you know, there's not a, a, a favorism in the government towards the church, you know, really where the government is even against religion as a whole or churches. And and that's usually the church is growing there because there's a cost involved in following Jesus. And so there's not a cultural Christianity. There's not different versions. It is like, this is what the word says. And so we trust Jesus and we go after that. And I think um, this is purifying for the church. And yes, I think with mm-hmm. regard, I mean, there are specific concerns. I think every Christian, regardless of who is president, regardless of what party, every Christian should have concerns about the next administration. Yes, because, absolutely. You know, like there it's politics. There should be concerns and there are specific concerns. I think specifically what you mentioned uh, with religious liberty with Biden. Uh, but at the end of the day, that doesn't change the church's mission and it doesn't change our response. Um, and so I do think that something the church is going to have to wrestle with and reckon with um over the next four years and you know there's a lot of factors in this and media and all those things but really is the 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 damage of the church's witness there has been damage to the church's witness and this is the same you know this this is by both parties it wouldn't matter but specifically there is um you know think back to what's just recently happened to the capitol and the image of you know People yeah. storming mm-hmm. the the capital and taking it over, and there's someone carrying a flag that says "Jesus saves." Now, that could have been, you know, a, 
a different leaning you know party with the same flag and but there is we have to recognize there is specific damage yeah done yeah. to the image and the witness of the church in moments like that where that is that happened and you know people are going to connect those two things people already do connect those things right. and and so we as a church i think have to reckon with that have to really examine our hearts repent of any form of kind of like this christian nationalism that is in us mm -hmm. uh and seek and it really is going to i think force the church to seek what does it really mean to follow yeah. jesus even if like all the things that our government i do believe and praise god for the the ways that our government has historically created uh, an environment where the church can thrive right. you know, in our country. Praise right. God for that is mm -hmm. we, I think, have taken that for granted. Yeah. Um, and I think that we have to say now, OK, now moving forward, regardless. So we we, yeah. we should, you know, yeah. fight for those things to stay uh as part of our country, but regardless if they fall away, that doesn't change our mission and what we're called to do. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm conflicted, you know, when I think about the future because mm -hmm. statistics show, I mean, history shows that the more prosperous a nation is, the more, the less Christian it is. I mean, the less Christians are evangelical when they're prosperous. And so, you know, for my children, we talked about this the other day, like, you know, do I want them to have money and be successful? Yes, but not at the expense of, I would rather them have less and be on fire for the Lord. And I think that a lot of Christians are not that way, you know? And so I think we got to start asking ourselves in our hearts, like, what do we value more, a prosperous nation, you know, or do we, or a prosperous church, mm -hmm. you know, when, and I mean, the advancement of the church. And, and I do think, you know, that, again, there's so many nuances to this, but I think part of Trump is there is a group who's saying we want to prosper and, and be heard more than we want to be the church, you know? Um, and so we do have to repent, as you said of that. I think also we have to recognize, look, I'm not, I agree. I mean, there are people who are taking Jesus's name in vain that are more liberal if you want to use that but for whatever reason in our culture that's not even perceived negatively in our culture though you know mm -hmm. the, the 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 white evangelical group is often viewed as bigots and as viewed as you know we're just viewed that way so that's the perception it may not be in this area but it is the perception and that doesn't mean we change our views you know right. we're going to be talking about uh, modernism next week it doesn't mean we change our views of what is right but it means we recognize that and we're sensitive to that as we engage mm -hmm. you know with the gospel and we work over i mean i think what we have to do is really work overtime yeah, to, yeah. to help people see the true love of Christ, the true yeah. message of the gospel of grace. And so let's talk about, you know, what we do, how do we respond um, in this? And I think we got a joke just kind of simple is I think the first thing Christians can do is just stop being mean. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. sounds like, mm -hmm. you know, like, well, mean people get the email. Mm -hmm. We're talking about like, stop being jerks, I guess yeah, is, for you sure. know, like, yeah, you just the way we talk, the way we handle things, the 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 posts we share, and like you know, and I think you know, to this church's this community's credit, I think you know, there, I don't see a ton of that from people in our church. That praise God, you know, and I think no. there's been a growth yeah. in uh, mm -hmm. you know, in humility and in understanding the gospel and understanding you know what's what's all the powers at play here. But mm -hmm. you know, I think um, 
just really being careful and mindful yeah. of what we share and identify ourselves yeah, absolutely. with. Absolutely. I mean, I just want to affirm what you said, Justin, is I think our church, you know, if, if you're a member of our church, just specifically as a predominantly white, conservative, Republican, SBC church is a great example of not being mean-spirited, you know, not being ugly and um, having more of a kingdom. I know there's a struggle. And, I mean, and, I know our people struggle. Questions, you know, I've yeah. had people ask great mm -hmm. questions mm -hmm. about. So I'm just so encouraged by that. I mean, I really am encouraged by that. And I think, you know, don't grow weary in that um, because, you know, your view on how the country should be run, at least for four years, perhaps longer, perhaps forever, uh, isn't going to be upheld. And, um, you know, don't grow weary. Don't make the minors minors make the gospel, you know, and living out the gospel, the threat of what you do. And, and, and I think that, you know, as Christians, man, we have such a when we try to contextualize how to be Christians we actually can identify more with, as we look to the Bible, a group of believers who are in a, you know, a, in a culture that opposed what they viewed as right, mm -hmm. were threatened by what they viewed, and yet flourished. And, and how they flourished is a, a boldness to say this matters more to us than anything, mm -hmm. and charity. Yeah. And care for the poor. And I'll just be honest with you, and I don't mean this condescendingly, but poor people don't debate this as much as wealthy people from the confines of their secure life. <laughs> yeah. And so if you'll get your life around those people and serve them, then I think that it, it will change what you value as dear to a degree. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think this is the time. I mean, it's always the time. I think right now specifically is the time for the church to shine. Yeah. Uh, to to say this is a, this is what we're about. Yeah. Uh, to protect uh, the church from being a uh, what's the right word? Uh, pawn? Pawn. That's I was like cog. Whatever. I could not come up with a better yeah, pawn politics. You know, pawn like, was better than one I came up with is better than yours. Better. You, are yeah. better. you are better. You are better. But I think, you know, we have to be careful and it's hard to recognize yeah. sometimes because, you know, I hate saying it because I say it a lot, but it's because it's complicated. Yeah. And it really it's is. I think it is. And I think we have to really maybe more so than ever uh, as a church say, you know, we want to protect the church from that so that mm -hmm. we can remain focused on our mission mm -hmm. as believers to see his kingdom come, his will be done. Yeah. My commitment, I'll just say this as, as the pastor of this church. And, you know, for those who are watching this, I think you have some connection to us mm -hmm. too, maybe at least one of us <laughs> is, you know, our value statement of, you know, the, the, uh, the changing world needs the unchanging word. And so my commitment is to continue to, lead a church, you know, and I'm not the only one here, but, you know, to be a part of leading a church, to be absolutely focused on the truth of God's word, that it is that, that Jesus saves, that revolving our life around what his word says in every area, whether that's sexuality, marriage, you know, po politics, whatever it should be, even, even with the freedoms that are in some of those areas, 
is absolutely essential. It's what people need more now. I mean, not more now than ever, but it's clear that our world mm-hmm. needs it. And, and so that is absolutely our commitment. And, and if you have questions as you navigate your life and your interactions with people, uh, and even with things we said today, like we, we are happy to dialogue about those things. Mm-hmm. And I think too, remembering that we are called as Christians to, to pray for our leaders. And so we should be praying for this new administration. Uh, we should be praying uh, for uh, you know, people that will be in the cabinet, be in places of position, places of influence, and yeah. pray for them to be influenced by God, whether they believe in him or not, mm-hmm. that he would work. Uh, and I pray that they would know him yeah. uh, and pray that they would be influenced by him. Let me, I just want to share one more verse before we wrap us up. Uh, Acts 17, verse 16. Uh, and we're going to be talking about Paul and Athens in a couple of weeks. It says, Paul was waiting for them at Athens. And so Athens is a, you know, secular place. And it says his spirit was provoked within him mm-hmm. as he saw that the city was full of idols. And I would say that, you know, when we look at the extremes of nationalism and the extremes of progressivism, we see things that are very wrong. And Paul was not offended. He was provoked. Yeah. And so we should not be offended by culture. We should be provoked. And Paul engaged that culture. Yeah. And so may we not hide in our bunkers, but may we go for, forth and proclaim the truth of Jesus, who is the answer and who is the king of an eternal kingdom where there is truth and there is justice and there is mercy for all. Woo! Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's right. Well, thanks for uh, joining us for this. If you have any questions, if you need clarity, just send us a message. We'll be happy to respond to you. Uh, we look forward uh, to next week when we dive back into four uh, challenges for the church happening in 2021. Really, this is, this is yeah. going to be like week three. Yeah, we should special just, challenge. That's right. Special yeah. edition yeah, we challenge. Should, yeah, we should, we should title it that. Hey, let's do that. Yeah. All right. So join us next week as we dive in uh, with a special guest, Reverend Chuck Hartness, as we talk about... Uh, uh, modernism. <laughs> modernism. I was about to say the next one. We're talking about modernism. Uh, pick that back up. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any content. And thanks again for joining us. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.